Welcome to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat Podcast. Now, sit back and enjoy while Nick and Trevor help you use your technology to make money and delight your clients. Well, ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat Podcast. Good morning, Trevor. Good morning, Nick. How are you today? I'm Look at well you on the sunny beach in Fiji or something like that, eh? Love it. Yeah, I'm actually in the, in the tiny alcove at home, but the um, the green <laughs> screen and a, a decent video makes it look awesome, doesn't it? Makes it look fantastic, yes. Yeah, got a bit of lighting, so it's, it's warm and, and look, it looks funny, but that, that's about it this morning. <laughs> and how are you doing in lockdown? Oh, just, you know, getting by. It's not too bad for me. You know, like I've, well, I think I've been working seven years, seven or eight years now from home, so... Not very much different, is it, really? We've been doing it for so long, but um, not getting out. I think the biggest thing is not playing golf is about the only thing that affects me. Okay. Well, that's, that's not too bad. Yeah, we'll we get, we get out for walks and stuff like that. But uh, Yeah. yeah they're starting to crazily open up, but we won't talk about what New South Wales is doing because <laughs> it's a train smash at the moment, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how that uh, pans out, hey? Well, Absolutely. We're watching closely, aren't we? That's probably what yeah, we're I, doing. Everybody, so, so, Everybody's watching. Yeah, sometimes when you go out, you can smell the COVID in the air. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Very good. Cool. So what are we going to cover today? Well, I, I thought we'd talk a little bit about our journey and what we're doing now, um, how we got here, how we met, where we, what we did for together for seven years and where, uh, what we were doing before that, a little bit about, uh, a, bit, a little bit about us. I've had a few people call me, uh, you know, uh, people who were customers of Hub One or accountants who have dealt with over the years, just asking what I was doing. You know, I thought actually we probably never told everybody. (laughs) No, we kept that really quiet, didn't we? Yeah. So, well, we can. can, Why don't you begin? So, what was my background? My background. Okay, let's. Well, let's start with what I'm doing now. So now I work at an accounting firm called Ashford's, and I've set up what term their IT division. Um, uh, it's called Ashford BizTech. I've got a few IT techies work with me and my job is to go and meet with all the accountants of Ashford's, review their IT infrastructure. Um, so learning from all the, uh, from Nick, what we talked about and the, the time that we worked together to, 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 to take that out. So it was almost like for the last um, 10 years, we've been working with accountants and helping accountants do that. Now I'm going out to uh, businesses and helping businesses with their technology infrastructure and architecture and and what they're using uh, document management through to different apps zero apps cloud apps helping them understand that whole minefield of everything we talk about every week cool cool that's that's that's, that's kind of awesome that's, 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 that's your background but, and and so you're currently ashford's who haven't Written the sponsorship check yet, so don't talk about. Now that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And where um, are you? What are you doing now? Cool. So I'm I'm doing a bunch of things. Um, I run my consulting company, which is called Released, which focuses on delivering software. So we consult to organisations about software. I'm also um, working as the chief software software architect at TribeTech, which is the company which acquired Hub One. So yep. I look after their software development team, and I've got a team of six working with me now. Um, and so, so, and, and I've got a bunch of side projects as well. So I always and, like to have my fingers in lots of pies. 
and that's not just working on development of um, the Hub One One practice no, no, no. tools. No, no, it's no, 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 uh, no, lots no. of other development as well. Lots of other development, and we do we do um, um, uh, development. We we tend to focus on the really leading edge Microsoft stuff. So we've got development work for a bunch of different customers and software companies where we've kind of got a unique set of skills. So we 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 do a bunch of stuff around um, the latest Microsoft bits and pieces. And, and before, so so we'll, we'll sort of go back in time. So I was um, hovering around the zero scene around 2010 mm -hmm. and looking at my accounting firm, uh, you know, I was an accountant 25 years, running my accounting firm, you know, getting told I was, you know, I was the guy who fell into the technology space. You know, I was the, the partner in charge of tech by default because I was the only one who seemed to know how to do anything with a computer. I could turn one on you know, plug it in and, and so forth. Um, but we've been through a bit of a rough patch um, with our internal systems. Found Zero, started working with Zero, moving my accounting firm into XPM and looking to take my accounting firm 100% cloud. Which, which, which was called Workflow Max at the time. It wasn't even Zero was cool. Manager. That's right, it was Workflow Max. So that was like meeting number two I met with Hamish Edwards, who was one of the founders of Xero, and he had his accounting firm, uh, I think it was called Openside Accountants in New Zealand, and he said he was looking to move to Workflow Max and would I be interested in working with him to develop it, to work in that space. And, yeah, we had some fun. It was uh, the discussion about what the hell WIP was, was uh, my funniest conversation I had with Gavin George um, when he... And I said, what happens to all the whip when you close the job off? And he goes, what's whip? And I went, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that. And then, um, yeah, I went to a, a, a zero presentation and they were talking about Office 365. And that intrigued me um, at the time. And I and Chris Ridd was the, the CEO or the general manager of, of um, Zero Australia who was ex-Microsoft and a great friend of yours, Nick. And uh, I was talking to him and we met with a couple of other businesses and he then suggested you and I catch up and we started then talking. And that's where the romance began, didn't it? Yeah, well, I'll tell you the, the other side to that. So there's, there's some background. So I founded Hub One back in 2008 when I left yep. Dimension Data. So I sold previous company to Die Data and founded Hub One. And the goal of Hub One was nothing to do with what it's done up to now. We... We, um, I, what I wanted to do was really um, document automation and in enterprise creating documents from lots of complex data sources is super hard. And so I wanted to build something around that. Um, and I had this good idea. I'd done a bit of work on it before and we took it to venture capitalists and they, they kind of took the venture out of venture capital. Considering I just had a, like three years before, had a huge exit and went to these VCs and go, I've got another idea for a huge exit. And they're like, yeah. Not interested. I think somebody offered us fifty k for fifty of half the company. Um, so we went and I went and um, um, yeah, sat sat down. Um, I went and did another project for a year after I left Idata, and then sat down and I found a really interesting problem. And the problem was in really large enterprises like Telstra and other places, they've got thousands of employees, and they don't really quite know what their skills are. 
right? You, if you think uh, about an, if you think about an employee, you hire them, you read their resume, you know all the things they've done in the past, you know their skills, and then they start working for you, and you don't really remember any of that. And certainly, the rest of the team don't know any of that info. So you've got all these people with these secret these bits of experience and skills that nobody knows about. Um, so we built a tool. Um, called Enterprise Profile Management, which was designed for large enterprises to understand the skills of all their employees. It had some cool features. It automatically parsed resumes and turned them into objects and all, all sorts of stuff. Um, but it allowed you, if you said, I've got a project and I need these types of people, to do internal hiring before you went out to a recruitment agency. Ah, very which good. Which kind of cool. So we shipped that basically on the day that Lehman Brothers went under at the beginning of the global financial yeah. crisis. <laughs> And really remember big, that? Oh, that was a good day. <laughs> so we had, had a, a big, big launch event, but none of the enterprises had an IT budget. Um, and and we, we, we kind of spent all the cash we had um, to build it. Um, so it went to market, but nobody was investing in new technology for a couple of years after that. Um, and so, so then a, a friend of mine phoned me and he said, oh, I've got this problem with my exchange server. And I went, oh. To exchange, uh, my background's not that at all. And he said, "No, no, come and help." Uh, and, and I went to see his business, and what was wrong was his servers were sitting next to a stainless steel engraving machine, which was flicking little, little bits of stainless steel into the servers, and they kept crashing. And I said, "Well, move those." And he said, "No, no, no, I just don't want them at all." And we we managed to sell the very first edition of what was called BPOS, which was the forerunner to Office three six five, and we sold the first one in Asia Pacific. Um, yep. And so then Microsoft went, oh, look at what you're doing. And I went, yeah, 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 I was just helping a mate. And they went, no, 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 come and come and talk to us about it. I went, no, 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 I don't do this stuff. I do enterprise. Anyway, I ended up doing, Microsoft shoehorned me into doing all this work with small and medium business, which has never really been my background. And um, I kind of had enough of it. Um, I was coming up to Christmas 2010, 29, I think, 20, yeah. 2009. I just had enough. I was going to go and do something else. And um, Christmas Eve, I got a phone call from Chris Ridd. And he was driving yeah, to the house. 2010, yeah. yeah. And, and he goes, um, um, I need help taking accountants to the cloud. And I went, no, 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 mate, I'm over. Chris, I'm over a small business. I'm going back to enterprise. I'll go and work with the big end of town. And he says, no, 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 no. He said, the difference is, I said, what's the difference? He says, accountants pay their bills. And I went, okay, you have me there. <laughs> so we, we, and the biggest problem with like we're used to in enterprise um you do a big project scope up front you deliver on the project you raise your invoices they're big um and the customer pays them right it's how enterprise works whereas in small and medium business you agree all this stuff up front you do all the work you present the invoice and the little business doesn't pay you and there's lots of that in in smb mm. and we're, we're running a massive debt load and um chris comes in well accountants pay so so that's when he started introducing me to a bunch of accountants and you were one of them yep and then we talked about it and we went through and we designed you sat down sat me down you interviewed me and i assume a few others as well and you yep. talked about well what do you do what what things what do you need in an accounting firm and then you introduced me to what was probably the first reference architecture that i'd ever thought of in terms yeah, of sitting so down and designing it which yep. I, I it almost is almost where people are sort of looking at a stack a stack of applications now whereas which is sort of what we were doing now. That's what they call it now, I suppose. But it's uh, your in your terminology, it was a reference architecture. It's still still you, know, you can still come up with a stack of applications, but it's really important when you're looking at a whole industry rather than a single company. Um, you've got the scope there to actually design this ideal, and like the, the enterprise has been doing this forever in that you'll sit down and you'll look at a problem and you'll design what we call a reference architecture around it. And that really talks about the, the bits, the boxes that 
plug into each other and make this work. And then you create what's called a prescriptive architecture. And the prescriptive architecture is an implementation of the reference architecture where you say, yeah. I'm going to use exactly that bit of tech and that bit of tech and I'm going to connect them this way. And look, it all works. And you, you test that and then you release that. Um, and the goal is anybody can go build off that and build really robust working environments because it's, it's kind of all well and good saying, um, I'll get Office 365. Um, but what are you going to do with your documents in my document manager? And it's all well yeah. and good saying, I'm going to go to zero. But what about your clients that still use QuickBooks? And yeah. all of those things you need to think about in a reference architecture. And the goal was it to get our heads around what is it we're going to deliver? Yeah, what what does what an accounting firm in the cloud actually look like from a yeah, an architectural and tech point of view? Yeah, and so and accountants get together and they, you know, they share, they talk about things, but I don't think anybody in until then had sat there and, and designed it. It was this thing that we talked about, I and I still see it now, is that the accounting firms were driven and their systems were designed by the vendor. Yep. So the vendor was saying, Myob was saying, This is how you should should set this up. In other words, put all of my things in there and that's how you should design it. And zero have gone that way a little bit too. Put all those things a little bit. They they would they tried to stay away from it. They tried to stay in the best of breed and a little bit agnostic. But they they fell into that space. They were probably the two two biggest. And then you had um you know you had the 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 APSs and the sages in the world who were just you know that's our stuff and it all works together. Yeah, I, th but I think it's I, this... I think it I think it's funky because in SMBIT you don't get the level of rigor you get in enterprises way more really at, at the end of the day if you're a small and medium business owner and I, I meet them all the time now you don't have the skills the wherewithal the compliance requirements the board pressure the the checks and balances the regulatory environment the the the, the ability to afford the level of skills you actually need to do it properly because mm. funnily enough the complexity in it in an accounting firm is not different to the complexity in something like a, a Westpac or an ANZ. There's more systems talking to each other. There's more people. Yeah. But but fundamentally, the core infrastructure is as complex as, as both. It's the same software doing the same things with less entries in it. But you, you, you don't go, well, I'm smaller, so it's simpler. It, it isn't. And I think that's where, you know, a canning... F this is where, you know, guys like MIB and Zero and the others have to create, this is how you set everything up, because neither the companies that service small and medium business or the small and medium business owners themselves actually have the skills or the capability to do that themselves. And they just open themselves up to security risks and downtime and outages and all those things we don't want. And, and so that's what we were trying to do. And we were trying to sell sell a story, sell a message about all of these things around security. And, you know, we were talking about it the other day, you know, like I'm going out and I'm having these discussions again with people who are saying, oh, is the cloud safe and all that? And I'm going, Groundhog Day, deja vu, back to where we were back in 2011, 12, yep. trying to explain to people that, you know, and and it's it's as secure, trying to explain to people how you can, you've got the infrastructure within Office 365 but, and you've got the business, but you've got to manage it properly. And we talked, I rang you the other day and I talked to you about um, auditing, you know, you you know, what was the, where we, someone wants to go through and they want to manage their systems. They want to know if anybody's been downloading anything and you've got to have the right, switches on you got to have it all set up properly and yep. and we did that you know we said okay here's an accounting firm this is the settings that an, an accounting firm has to have so we we're able to you know 
do it and do it cost effectively for an accounting firm. Yeah, and they, they, they change every day, right? So, so mm. there's always new vulnerabilities. Unlike, for example, if you've got an Apple device today, you have to update it today. There is a nasty zero-day vulnerability that affects every iPhone in the world. And if you don't do a software update today, it's very likely you'll be infected. Right? So there's those are, you know, just a thing to think about. And, and yeah, like uh, being in and getting on, I'm all, on all, all the alerts, all the lists that send me these alerts or I'm mm. around teams that have that. We know about these things, whereas, you know, because we're kind of interested in them and subscribe to them. But if you're, you know, the... Yeah, IT partner in an accounting firm, you don't know any of this stuff's going on around the background. No. Right? It's, yeah. it's really, and security's getting, wor- getting worse and worse. Yeah, it's just, the people are getting smarter, there's more attacks, there's more this and that and the other, it's just it's the way it's going. Yeah, yeah, and by having, at least having a plan around that, you know, um, I, I think just saying, okay, well, I've got virus protection on my computer, I'm um, golden is is just not the way for today. It's the, you, your your whole systems are open, so you've got to manage it and look after it and do those sort of things. So, so 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 we go along. You and I, um, our hub one changed its, but in effect the product stayed the same the well, whole actually, way through our journey. Funnily, funnily enough, it, it really underlying it, it didn't right. It it was rearchitected a number of things. If you think back in the beginning. We were using um, uh, business connectivity services, which is part of SharePoint, to talk to a service we had running in the cloud, which would translate between Workflow Max and SharePoint. And that was kind of the first thing we built. And then we built our tools on top of that. Um, And then, of course, we've moved on that. Microsoft deprecated that feature. It, it doesn't work, so we need another way to do it. So we got our tools to talk directly to what was now Zero Practice Manager. And, of course, that all changed, so now it talks to lists in SharePoint. And we've got a synchronization tool, which talks to iFirm, Zero Practice Manager, and other things, which allows those, those tools to work. And we're just about to do another iteration again. So we're coming up to version 7 of, of the product. So seven, uh, the major version numbers basically constitute a full rewrite. Um, and we're yep. up to our seventh full rewrite uh, of the product. So uh, if anybody's, when we talked you know, a week ago about do you build your own software, just so you understand, the features in our software haven't really substantially changed. But because we're on this ever-moving feast of, of Office 365, we're, we're on the seventh version of the, the software. And, and imagine if we weren't native in SharePoint, which is a decision you made uh, early on in the piece. Imagine if you put all this other fluff around it to make it not look like Office 365 or not look like SharePoint, the pain you would be in. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to get continually kicked. Yeah. um, yeah. By by changes that Microsoft make. And we still are today, right? So so .NET 6, right? So if you think we originally wrote this in .NET .NET Framework 4, right? .NET Framework 4 is now to 4.8. That's been basically deprecated we moved to dotnet core which is 3.1 with dotnet core 3 came out what or oh, five years ago we're now dotnet 6 release candidate one came out this morning uh, at about 4 a.m so so this is everything's moving at a pace right and yeah got to keep up or, or, or drown or drown yeah yeah so but the the fundamental thing was we needed a, a system that you know grab the data out of xpm or out of our database Publish that data in SharePoint. We were then able to have that data to create templates and letters. Yeah, so, email, so the things, email the things templates, we, the things files. We're trying, 
yeah, the things we were trying to solve, if you think about it, and this is when we interviewed everybody, is we were looking really at the time for what things can I get off the shelf that solve the reference architecture for an accountant. And there was mm. a hole in what SharePoint would deliver versus what the other products would deliver. And it still is, to be honest with you. And that's where we aimed our tools, right in the middle of that. That hole. Yeah. If you remember, we spoke to Microsoft about what their direction was. We spoke to Zero about what their direction was. We got a really good feel for everybody where everybody would be going over the next decade, which allowed us to invest in that area to make something happen. Yeah, yeah. And then what came along? We um, well, then we had did a lot of training. Yeah. You know, because part of uh, uh, putting in a system is you've got to train and adoption, uh, and and getting that in place. So there was a lot of training we would do with it. Um, we then. We then designed it as a, a more of a product and went out to the the IT firms for them yep. to sell our product and push that out. Um, and and then um, uh, as of 30th of June last year, Tribe Tech um, purchased Hub One. Yeah, and, and the reason for that is really quite clear, and I think we've described it in this conversation, is accountants need a really strong helping hand from a technology point of view. They need They need a an enterprise-grade IT company which is working with small and medium business. And the thing that yeah. excited me about TribeTech is all those guys come from the enterprise world. Right? Yeah. And they're packaging not just software together, but everything else they do, and then quickly moving up the value chain. So we spend a lot of time there working on yeah, enhancing customers' environments um, while knowing that the whole lot is managed and working underneath. And and, and it's it's been a bit quiet while over the last year, the guys have been getting their feet, understanding the product, Getting everything ready, um, we you know, but there there is there, there's a bit going on in the background for those of you who are Hub One practice users. What's is there? Do you know of any um, updates and that happening in the near, not too distant well, there, future? There's, there's, there's been updates uh, actually going along. So you'll you'll see the version number update as we go through. So there's a bunch of different requests and things going through. For example, um, there's a new update about to come with Mail and Mail templates that supports full modern auth. Um, and, and what that means is now we've got those all up to date. Um, there's a look of, of where, in fact, the, the company's running a hackathon at the moment around what the new version will look like. And I know a lot about that on Friday, and I don't know a lot about it yet because everyone's mm. scurrying off in teams to win the prize. So so we, we shall see, and there'll be some announcements coming around that. But there's lots of excitement around it. There's lots of work being done. This, this whole step has, has taken Hub One, and we've they've grown. it's grown up again. So the product yeah. is going to grow up, grow up, and it, it's in a... A development team of you know instead of you and maybe one it's you know yeah, we're we've out. got a whole we've got a whole team with a whole multidisciplinary skill set so lots of fun things will happen uh, you know and and for me being an accountant sitting down watching development and sitting in on your uh triages and your development sessions and so forth like that you know i can attest to the the professionalism that that nick applies to everything that he does you know like it's not it, it, we we talk about building software and, and all that sort of stuff. It, it don't, we don't you don't go we don't go back to the professionalism and the level of detail that's done to build this software. You know we we don't we we mire over it. But you know I can attest I I'd sit in on these sessions. They would sometimes a lot of times go over my head. Um, but the level of detail that you guys would go through in terms of version control testing, driving that out. I now see that. When I'm out, and I, that's you know, for me, for what I do now, I go out and I can see where people don't don't do enough of that that in the background, and they don't build it properly. And I talk to you about it, and I go, oh, I think this one's in a bit of trouble. 
they don't build it yeah, properly. And, and, and no more responses. Run away or rebuild it. You know, because because you can get yourself in, into awful an awful lot of mess, really, yeah. really, really easily. Um, and, yeah. And, and, you know, you we some funny ones when I used to be working in enterprise and we'd acquire software companies. Um, you know, it, it would be like. Um, a polished turd, I think, is the way you describe <laughs> it. Because, because you look at it on the outside and everything's beautiful and you do your technical due diligence and everything's beautiful. And I used to have a knack of technical due diligence where I'd know what covers to look under. And you go, what's, oh my God. You, know, you find this morass of millions of undocumented, unmaintainable lines of code. And there's there's lots of that all over the world, running companies. Um, so, so one of the things we do is we go into companies that have custom software and we reconstruct it over time back to something that, and we've got a few customers like that where we're reconstructing their software back to something, you know, grown up and modern and maintainable. And there'd be millions of bits of software that oh, are like yeah, there's that. There's loads. There's software everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. And everybody's writing it. And yeah, some do a good job. Most do a good job. Good job. Yeah, there's some, some, some yeah. certainly do a good job. But people get caught with a number of things. I think people get caught with scale. Um, yeah, and there's other things people don't realize when you write software, um, because there's so much of it, right? I mean, you write a, an app or a web a platform or, or something like that, because there's so much in the world, you basically get one shot with users now. Um, whereas before it used to be a company would decide some software they're going to roll out, um, they do some testing internally, they might find some things which didn't work, they go back to the vendor, the vendor would fix them, they'd roll it out into their organization, there'd be this big structured plan. Clouds really changed that. And Steve Vamos, um, before he worked at Zero, actually gave a talk on how he'd um, um, on how he'd um, managed to implement a CRM platform for an enterprise he was working on in a day because you just put a credit card in and suddenly all this stuff appears where it would have taken months historically. Now that's good, but that's also really bad because you can you know go and get a trial and try some software if your software has a bug or it doesn't work the way the customer expects, that's that's your one shot with the customer. They won't come back. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and that's and that's the thing that you've you you know uh, I, I'm looking around at, at things in there. There's uh, we're trying to go through and help businesses with what they're doing, and we're finding there's little holes in where they the shiny front end of it and what they tell it does, and then you get into it and you're you know two months into the project and the implementation or whatever, and you're going through and you blah, 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 and you want, you go, oh, I want to do that. It says there that it does that. Ah, oh, yes, but only if your worlds align and you're not in I, Australia. Are you not on that, this award or you're not doing this and you're not doing that? I, and I, and then I, you go, ah, oh, hang on, I just fell I, down the, the hole. Yeah, I think my favourite one was the um, customer who swore blind that our product did something. And, and yes. I went, it's never yeah. done that, right? It doesn't do that. It's it's never been a feature. It's, it's a nice idea. It's not that nice an idea, but never does it. And it turned out one of his friends had told him that our product did that, and he was convinced that it did and thought I was lying to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a, a half an hour, a bit, le bit, bit less, a half an hour of uh, where we've been a little mm -hmm. bit before that, but what we did over the last um, 10 years uh, together, and that went so fast. And I learned so much um, <laughs> over that time, and it, it was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, we had going around and trying to explain to people where we are, and and that's led us to where we are today. Which, um, you know, I I'm really grateful for the for what I've learned, and I, I think the whole industry 
learned a bit from from Nick coming into it, and I think we were we were privileged as an account as the accounting industry to have you come into that space. Oh, that's that's not necessarily true, but I appreciate your kind words. No, that's very good. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, if you are listening or watching, please make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. If you're on YouTube, hit the bell icon because that tells you when we post new ones of these. We post these every week. Please leave a comment if you'd like us to discuss something. Um, we're now on audible.com, just so you know, um, and on Amazon and on Apple Podcasts and all sorts of places. Um, and this podcast currently ranked, um, last time I looked, I think we were 60th in tech podcasts so we're we're slowly climbing up the rankings so there you go lots of about about, about fourteen thousand listeners an episode at the moment excellent wow all yeah, right so do keep listening give us comments of what you want us to cover and if you don't like something tell us and we'll fix yeah. it but that's it trevor thank you so much thanks nick see you all next right. week have a fantastic day everyone Bye bye